So today, I want to, last week we began a, a conversation that as believers at Cornerstone Church, <clears throat> it's kind of a catchy statement, but it's easy to remember, so I really love it. We follow Jesus, say that with me, follow Jesus, <clears throat> fish for people as a family. <clears throat> Who thought of that this week? I'll give you extra credit. Seven of you, all of you get, he got two hands, so he gets double but it's really, what are we supposed to be about as Christians? We follow Jesus. Amen. We fish for people. We invite others to follow Jesus. How long do I have to be good at following Jesus before I can invite others to follow Jesus? Trick question. Just go get them. Go pull them in. You can follow Jesus too. And do we do that alone where it's all dependent on us and the way we can nail it and how we have to have all the pressure to seal the deal. No, we do it as a spiritual family, as a kingdom family. We, we say, follow Jesus as we're doing the best we can by the grace of God and the power of the Spirit. We don't have it all figured out, but we're aiming at the one who is the way, truth, and life. He is the infinitely wise, reigning, ruling king upon which, whose shoulders the government of God rests, reigns, and it's being established and extended all over the earth. And nothing will stop it. It's the unshakable, everlasting, unending kingdom of which he is king. We're following him. We don't have it all figured out, but let's do it together. So that's what we do. My kids now are starting to sort of get it. While we're driving, I took them out to get some goodies the other day. And I said, what do we do? What's the Boai family all about? Come on, kids. You're, they're playing. They're not paying attention. We follow Jesus. Oh, come on. You're my spiritual family. We follow Jesus. Hallelujah. We fish for people as a family. This is what we do. This is what we do. You guys go to that church. You got a church on the... Yeah. What do you do at Cornerstone? We follow Jesus, fish for people as a family. That's what we do. I'm following him. And today I want to I illustrate sort of some of the complexities that are involved with the following part. How many think following Jesus happens in a friction-free, greenhouse-like environment? Where you respond to the king's invitation to repent and believe, you begin to follow him, and the enemy's like, oh, cool, you got that figured out. Have fun following Jesus. How many believe that when you repent and believe and put your whole heart behind the, the reigning, ruling reality of the king, that the enemy's not all that keen on giving up territory. He's not all that keen on, keen on giving back the control that he had over your life because of your sin and rebellion. When you came under the lordship of another, he's not all that keen to just let you go off into the distant sun, you know, like the end of a movie and it's all peachy. How many know it's a fight to follow Jesus, but what else is there? We follow Jesus, fish for people as a family. And why is it so important to follow Jesus? Well, because you're surrounded by the newsreel, clickbait, and the social media feed. You are being pulled from every angle to follow and to give your fidelity to and allegiance to millions of different ideologies and options that appeal to the lust of your flesh, the pride of your life, and your accomplishments and attainments. So to be called to follow Jesus is part of the greatest part of the good news, because you will follow someone or something, but his is the only one that leads to life more abundant. 
Why is it so important to follow Jesus? Because you're following something. Praise God that the king disrupts your path that ends in death. And he says, I've got another way. And that way is me, though I am the way. I'm not pointing you to the way. I am it. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am, I am the incarnate reality of all that God dreams and destines and tends and his image, his very image in your midst. So follow me. It's the greatest, almost the greatest part of the good news. And the reality is you are following someone or something. You have given the keys to your heart to some ruler. And the only problem is none of those rulers, be it fame, popularity, love to the flesh, none of those rulers died for you. None of those rulers said, you know what, I'm going to take the end of all of their choices that are at odds with my rule and reign and, my, and rebellion against my law. I'm going to take what their inroad result would be for them as them so that I can offer them life in exchange. It's the glory of being invited to follow Jesus. And so any believer, so many of us are like, you know, I prayed a prayer to go to heaven someday. And Jesus is like, you missed the whole point. My goal, listen, if Jesus is the prototype that every Jesus-following disciple who fishes for people as a family, if Jesus is the center who we're imitating, then Jesus' life and ministry screams not do this so you can go there someday, but live this so there someday can break into the here someday today. Jesus' dream and desire for those who follow him, fish for people as a family, is to flood the earth with the reality of his reign and rule. We call it the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. God's goal was not for you to pray and then beam you up, Scotty. Or he would have done that if that's what the essence of following and being a disciple was about. The moment you gave your heart to faith, he would have beamed you up to take you to with him. No, he wants you to follow him in such a way that heaven begins to creep out of your life in a good way. Creep sounds bad. But where his rule and reign begins to infect and infuse in a good way all of the things that your life touches. In other words, the essence of Christianity is he wants to stuff heaven in you and release his agenda through you. Not so that you have to go somewhere when you die. So he says, follow me. Fish for people as a family. And the reality is following him, is, is, it can be difficult. Turn to your neighbor and say, it can be difficult to follow Jesus. And we've talked about this very briefly, but there's really three forces that are diametrically opposed to you following Jesus. Number one, the devil. But we have an advantage against the devil. I got this from somebody else. Because he is defeated and disarmed. All he's got is nubs. He's defeated and disarmed. So all he's got is his big, fat, loud mouth that accuses the brethren and says, you are your failure. You are your past. You won't measure up. You are what they said about you. You, you, you. And all he knows how to do is point you to your past. Well, Jesus invites you to follow him because he's got a glorious future for your life. So we have the devil who is the stiller. He steals, kills, and destroys. How do you know that you're 
listening to any lie or being under the influence of the enemy, anything that diminishes faith, of which Jesus is the pioneer and perfecter, hope of which Jesus is the anchor and living source reality, or love of which Jesus is the embodiment and demonstration of, anything in your life that shrinks the reality of faith that we serve a God who moves mountains just with a breath from his mouth, anything that sort of shrinks, that causes you to lose faith, hope, or love, or that steals your peace, of which he's the prince of, or joy, of which this is the entirety of the reason he did what he did, was to fill us with his joy, John 15 through 17. Listen, how many know the devil is just relentless, but he is not more powerful than the glory and power of Jesus Christ? It's difficult to follow Jesus because the devil knows his end. How many know Revelation chapter 12 and 13? The devil knows he has a future and it's not super bright. And so he knows his days are numbered, so he is actively involved to agitate and to accuse not just unbelievers, they're already under his domain because they haven't repented and given their, their, their heart and their life to Jesus. But his job is to lob accusations at believers. And how many today just want to give him a big right foot to the eye? Why else is it hard to follow Jesus? Because of the flesh, the sinful nature of which the gospel is the remedy. The power of the Holy Spirit is the remedy. But those who live for fleshly desires, Paul tells us in Romans 8, they cannot please God. The mind and mindset and outlook for life that's governed by the cravings of sinful man and woman, they are at hostility and enmity against God. And Paul tells us in Galatians 5, they won't inherit the kingdom of God. Those who live like that. And here's the reality. For those who want to cast off restraint, we're in a generation that just wants to cast off restraint, that wants to erase the boundaries and barriers that God and His goodness and righteous law has drawn not to restrict us, but to save and heal us and to create a space for us to flourish. For those who just want to cast off restraint and rewrite the story with man at the center, God on the fringes, or better yet, non-existent. I was thinking this week as I was preparing this talk, take the telos or the end of every one of the acts of the flesh to their end. Let me explain that. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you as I did before, those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. And I begin to think how futile it is for those who want to cast off all restraint that God on the margins or out of the picture will somehow lead to human flourishing. Friends, Without God in the mix, take every one of those fleshly desires to their end. Let's say sexual immorality. We just get to, it's hedonism. Do whatever you want. STDs and AIDS are their end. Amen. Let's just say it's, it's impurity and debauchery, casting off restraints. It's kidney failure. It's body shutdown, whether it's drugs or alcohol. I'm trying to show you those who say there's freedom when you cast off restraint are lying. If you follow the end of all of these manifestations of a life that's lived just for yourself and what your own cravings want, at every one of them, witchcraft, there's possession, jealousy and anger, there's murder and violence. 
selfish ambition. There's broken relationships. So the greatest news of the good news is Jesus says, repent. Turn from that thing that used to rule your life and get under my reign and my rule so that those dimensions of life and the flesh and their end don't have to be your destiny. I've got life for you. But it's only found in my spirit. If all of those who live like that will not inherit the kingdom, it's only those who live by the Holy Spirit. In the Spirit, there is the righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit, Romans chapter 14. And so why is it hard to follow Jesus? Because so many of us thought it was about going somewhere when we died, but he wants to transform us into instruments who wreak havoc on the domain and rulership of the enemy on the earth. He wants to fill your life with the goodness of his love and his grace. He wants to empower you by his Holy Spirit, not so that you'll just kick it back and easy. He wants to sign you up to the epic struggle for the souls of men. And he wants to empower you to partner with his heart because he's after the lost. He's after the bound and the broken. He wants to adopt and bring the lonely into family. This is the mission of King Jesus who we're called to follow. Okay, how many want to follow Jesus? I mean, the alternatives aren't that great, is what I'm trying to say. Why? But it's hard, because it's easy to see. Listen, there's a reason Paul says in Galatians 6, not to grow weary when you live a life sowing to the Spirit. Why? If you live a life sowing to the flesh, what you want, you can get immediately, except for it never satisfies. Many times, life in the Spirit, what I want is delayed, but it's in the delay. He's forming me to the person that I need to become so that when it comes, it doesn't crush me. It just continues and expands over those who are around my life. Paul doesn't say, don't grow weary in sowing to the flesh. Because everybody knows in this place or watching online, if you're under the tyranny of sin and flesh, you already know its own misery. It doesn't have to say don't grow weary. It is wearying. The soul that sins will surely die. And it's death all the way there with little blips of temporary satisfaction and pleasure. But in the morning, it's always Leah. I don't have time. Just go back and read the Genesis account. So the point is you're following something. You have the devil, you have the flesh, and then you have the world. This is flesh, flesh, you know, individual. That's the, the micro level. Well, imagine 7 billion people living by the flesh. Then you have the domain called the world. Are you tracking with me? So it's not enough that the enemy rages. How many believe he's the first Peter chapter 5 lion who rages and roars against the people of God all over the earth? But here's what you have. Because not just individuals don't just live unto themselves. No one lives to themselves, Paul says in the book of Corinthians. We live towards each other. We're connected whether you like it or not for good or for harm, for glory or for the demise of destructive nature of sin. And Jesus says this. Whether it's the devil who accuses you and wants to keep you bound, whether it's you trying to conquer the flesh in your own strength instead of submitting to the work of the cross and the Holy Spirit, or it's you finding yourself in systems and patterns of injustice that you just can't seem to break through. The devil, the flesh, and the world have been broken through in the life, ministry, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ.
And we are in a day where whatever one you see, the work of the enemy, the work of the flesh at a micro and a macro level, or just the systems of the world that are built on systems of injustice and unrighteousness, you know that to be called to follow Jesus is not going to be easy. It's quiet. Is it because it's a weighty teaching? Just sh- shake your head at me if that's... So those of you who don't think it's the hour to throw away the complacency in your heart, you are woefully mistaken in this hour. It's time to throw away the complacency. For those of you who think it's been okay to have that little side hustle secret sin, I'm here to tell you the enemy, he'll settle for an inch because it becomes a mile if left unrepented of and brought to Jesus. But I'm here to tell you, not in any sort of legalistic way, but as your brother and your friend, if there's areas that you have open to the enemy and you thought that Jesus, you just got your get out of hell free card, friends, you are missing out on the essence of what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ which is not just preventative in nature so I don't go somewhere when I die. It's offensive. It's I can't wait to be a conduit, an ambassador, an agent of restoration and reconciliation. It's I get to participate in the epic story and struggle that Jesus Christ is empowering men and women who are weak in their flesh, but powerful in grace and the Spirit to be His ambassadors through which He makes His appeal to the estranged, to the broken, to the at odds with God who are won over in His beautiful love. I mean, this is an awesome day, but if you are indifferent and apathetic or weighed down because of carousing of your flesh or the world or the devil, friends, it's time to hear the voice of that Jewish Messiah who walks by you today who says, repent and believe the good news. I've got a kingdom I want to give you and participate with you in seeing it unfold and envelop the kingdoms of the world. Okay. So that's what it means to follow Jesus. It's not so you become a nice person. I mean, niceness is good. He wants you to become a holy person. Unmixed, undefiled, alive in the gospel. He doesn't want you to be just somebody who, oh, the, you know, the devil's wreaking havoc in my life and my family's falling apart. No, he wants to turn you into a warrior by the Holy Spirit where you declare God's purposes and plans prevailing in your life. Listen, it's not a spiritual fruit to be apathetic or indifferent to the chaos that sin brings when it's free to reign and manifest. He wants to awaken you and I to participate that all that is wrong or crooked or low or raised up above the reality of Jesus, he wants people to partner with him to see that mountain bow, to see that low place filled up and filled in, to see that crooked place made straight in his grace and by his righteous love. So he calls us to follow him. Oh, man. That's why it's like unbelievable. (laughs) Because all of that would be our destiny unless the grace of God disrupted our path and said there's another way to live. That's what I'm trying to tell you. I don't know if I'm doing a good job, but listen, you will live towards one of those uh, uh, paths. But the grace of Jesus comes and says, follow me. Not if you feel like it. The devil's job, the flesh's job, the world's job is not so that 
like creating perfect context so you won't go destroy your life and those around you. No, that's the work of the enemy. But Jesus is like, if you follow me and set your heart to it, as weak as it may feel, if you'll walk with me step in step, Galatians 5.25, if you'll allow the Holy Spirit to crucify the flesh so that you can live the newness of life that's rooted in faith and the grace of Christ, like you don't just have to like just cruise by. You can live a life of purpose and passion and purity and power that's filled with my provision in the kingdom of God if you'll follow me. What an invitation. Follow me? Are you kidding? This is why they drop the nets. I mean, if you're fishing, Galilee's a pretty lake. We've been there. But if the king comes and he's like, hey, follow me. I'll send you out to fish for people. Friends, it's time church, Cornerstone Church, Church in America, it's time that no matter the cost, no matter the direction, if Jesus says it, we're all in. Come on, someone say, it's a season of all in. It's not a season of if I get around to it or, you know, if my sports, if if my this, that, or the other. It's time to hear the voice of the king who says, follow me. I'm going to send you to fish for people. You're going to do it as a kingdom family. And so today, oh, I got to skip all of that because I don't want to go too much longer. It's hot. Uh, so the point of that long intro is we don't follow Jesus in a friction-free, neutral environment. Can you all just say amen so I can move on? When he says, follow me, it's, it's in an environment of great hostility, adversity, and opposing viewpoints. Amen. But how many know that John 6, 63 is truth, that even though there's chaos, whether within or without, his are the words that are full of spirit and life. Come on, someone say amen. So even in the midst of the noise, and even if you are a follower of Jesus, but you're like, my heart's weighed down, I'm indifferent, I got this secret sin I'm definitely going to get rid of today, because why wouldn't I? The grace of God is here. Hallelujah. And you, whatever your internal or external reality, the, the, the great hope is that Jesus Christ knows full well how to live faithfully in alignment with His Father as a conduit of the power of the Holy Spirit in the midst of enemy-occupied territory. It's called the Gospels. So Jesus did that not so that it would be the exemption so that all of us would be left to flounder and falter in our faith and sort of be successful, sort of not. He walked the path he walked, and then he turns around and says, follow me as I've done, so shall you do, and greater. Oh. Okay. So we don't follow him in a friction-free, neutral zone. That's why we need the power of God. How many think you can pull off following Jesus in your own strength? Anybody presumptuous enough? How many, even though you didn't just raise your hand, sometimes you live like it? Now can all the hands be raised that you can pull it off? I got this. I'll check in if I feel like it. I'll open my Bible if I just need a random word before work. No. We need the resources that Jesus Christ has made available to to be filled to overflowing in the lives of every Christ follower and at the center of every church for the sake of God's glory in this hour. 
How many, how many know that like we need all that he's made available to us to function in flow in us and through us? Thank you, brother, for saying amen. So good. So we're in a battle. <clears throat> I'm skipping all of that. It's so funny. <clears throat> I'll just read this, and I'm going to skip to the very end. It's totally serious. So after he, he announces the kingdom, after he starts calling a few disciples to follow him and fish for people, the very next verse in Mark's gospel, verse 21, they went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, Jesus went into the synagogue and began to teach. The people were amazed at his teaching because he taught them as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. Just then, a man in the synagogue who was possessed by an impure spirit cried out, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet, said Jesus sternly. Come out of him. The impure spirit shook the man violently, and it came out of him with a shriek. The people were all so amazed, they asked each other, What is this? A new teaching and with authority? He even gives orders to impure spirits, and they obey him. News about him spread quickly over the whole region of Galilee. Interesting. The kingdom's here. Repent and believe. Follow me. Fish for people. Encountering demonic possession, impure spirits in a synagogue. What's so amazing to me, if you read the Gospels with any sort of eye, demons have total clarity regarding the nature of Jesus Christ. The religious leaders and people, and oftentimes his disciples, are fuzzy on his identity. I want you to know that we have one up on the enemy and the opposition we face as we seek to follow Jesus, fish for people as a family. The enemy totally knows his nature and who he is, his character. Unfortunately, we are the ones who are fuzzy or slow to believe that he really is the king of an unshakable, everlasting kingdom. That if he says it, there's grace to obey it. If he modeled it, there's grace to imitate. If he, listen... This is the great call of the hour. Listen, every time there's a renewal in the church, it's just a rediscovery of who Jesus is, what he's done, and what he promises to do. Uh, Some of my favorite authors wrote a book called Read Jesus, and he shows every time the church lulls and compromise and complacency and sin, all that happens every time there's a renewal is a rediscovery of the person Jesus Christ. Whoa, we forgot who he was. I forgot he was full of power and grace, and he had strength for my weariness. He had healing for my sickness. He had forgiveness for my sin. He had breakthrough for the, uh, you know, that stuff that keeps you from walking in breakthrough. Every time there's a reawakening, there's a rediscovery of Jesus. And friends, Jesus is not just your homeboy. He's not just someone you check in on on occasion. He's the reigning, ruling, soon-to-return king. 
And he knows, listen, he knows that the enemy's time is short. And so he's looking for a people to partner with him in wholehearted devotion and love. And what he wants, he has resources to make a reality in our lives should we just live with the posture of yes and surrender. And yes, Lord, whatever you want, wherever you lead, whatever you say, I'm in. Follow me. Yay. The demonic realm, they always know who Jesus is. That's why he always tells them to be quiet. Shh. Believers, I think he died for me, Rosie. It's time to rediscover Jesus, friends. Not because he changed or got buried, but somehow he got pushed out of the center that Jesus Christ reveals the image of God to humanity and God's intention for humanity. Everyone say image and intention. What's the difference? Image. This is what God is like. He's just like Jesus. Intention. What is intention? This is how God intended humans to always live. Jesus Christ reveals the image of God and the intention of God to humanity. That's good preaching right there. So what, is he, what are we supposed to live like? Like Christ. How are we supposed to love? Like Christ. How are we supposed to administer the gospel? Just with words, all that stuff that Jesus operated in was for another day. Wrong. Everything he said, everything he did, the model, his, all of his life is up for grabs in the Holy Spirit. Should you and I just say yes and stay in alignment and agreement with the king and his kingdom? Thank you. I heard that. Let's go. So we follow Jesus, fish for people as a family, in the midst of great conflict. Okay, to the end. I promised you I would. Last page. Okay, here it is. Land it, Lance. So today, my goal was singular. What? <laughs> That's not even true. I had, three, I, had, I had several goals today. To remind us again, what are we about? We... Help me out. What are we about? We And the point today was following Jesus is not for the friction-free greenhouse. Everything's good and easy. There is the enemy. There is the flesh. There is the world. But in and through all of it, Jesus has provision called his grace and power in his spirit. So we talked about following Jesus, and it's difficult, but there's great hope in the difficulty because he has done it not as the exception, but as the way we're meant to follow and live by his grace and Holy Spirit. Okay? Together. And then we talked about, after he, you know, he followed me, fished for people, and then he encounters the demonic realm. So here's how I'm landing the plane. There is a, there is a raging war. We live in a culture that... It's so funny. In, in, in our culture and in our world, we say we don't believe in God, but has anyone noticed just the explosion of sort of extra kind of spirit realm world movies in the last 15, 20 years? I mean, there is a fascination in Hollywood with the reality of an enemy, but within our everyday lives, we live basically as uh, secular pagans, that there is no God, there is no oogie boogie. You know, with the emergence of the sciences, it's just, it's a condition, it needs medication. I want you to know that there are conditions and medication is a beautiful thing. 
But I'm here to tell you today, there is power in Jesus Christ to deliver and keep you free from demonic oppression and, and, and burden, not just possession. I want you to know that the enemy, if, if he sees an ounce of openness in your heart, he will rush in. Don't be freaked out. It's just time to expel him and say, he doesn't have authority in my heart or my mind or my life anymore. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. And so my goal today, whether you're online or you're here in person, is to drive him out. I don't have time to give you a big, long theology of footholds. I'll just give you two paragraphs. Listen, if there is unconfessed sin in your heart today, that is an open door of access that you've given the enemy into your life. I'm just sorry. I'm not sorry. It just is true. He's the author of lies. He's the father of deception. And he is the one, 1 John chapter 3, who introduced sin to humanity. So if there's sin that's festering in your heart, that's unrepented of, unconfessed of, it's not am I possessed or whatever, maybe, but certainly am I influenced because I've given authority to the enemy because of unconfessed sin. It's time today to confess it and to say, be gone in the name of Jesus. Okay? And so whether it's unconfessed sin or if it's pride or idolatry or unclean thoughts or patterns of behavior where you've given a right because you've handed the right because of your choices or your patterns of behavior or attitudes or, or, or practicing the occult. I'm just, I'm so zealous today that the Lord, we would meet the Jesus who has power and authority behind his teachings. And it's so interesting if you take out Jesus confronting the kingdom of darkness in the Gospels, you'd have like a third of the Gospel left. Because at every turn, he, he, he meets people, and he doesn't just diagnose their conditions. He says that their conditions are just fruits or symptoms of a deeper reality. And Jesus Christ wants to go deep with us today, and he wants to, to, to totally have the rightful claim over our heart, soul, mind, and bodies today in the grace of God. Okay. Oh, everyone's taking a big gulp. Strongholds and footholds that we give him, the enemy place to occupy, it doesn't mean you're possessed, or, but it certainly means you've given access to a place in your life that the enemy wants to fill with darkness, with discouragement, with depression, with insecurity, with fear, with anxiety. Come on, somebody say amen if you've ever been under the influence or the accusation or attack. And it's time. Listen, it's hard enough to follow Jesus, period. Can I get an amen? It's way harder if there's open access to the enemy that you're fighting against on the inside of you. Are you tracking with me? It's hard to follow, period. It's way harder if there's things on the inside of me that are in agreement with the kingdom of darkness that I'm meant to be seeing replaced with the kingdom of light everywhere I walk and live and move and have my being. Woo! So here, I'm going to end with this, and there's a very practical ministry time coming. So just stay with me. I felt like the Lord set me up with the perfect way to end this week. And I was angry about it, but then this morning he showed me why this week was what it was. So my Facebook was hacked this week. I know, big deal. Kind of a big deal when you're a pastor. You've got thousands, you know, it's a big deal. Okay, I don't want soliciting for money, posting things. Here's what was so gnarly about getting hacked on my Facebook page. I couldn't even log in. 
Whoever hacked me, change the login, change the password. Meanwhile, all that, that, you know, whatever. It just, I was like, this is really, really lame. They faked the login. They faked my identity. They changed my info. And all week I'm working with Facebook. I'm sending emails. I'm like, listen, I, we're using my Facebook to stream to our church. You understand it's not just, oh, I want to have a social media page. But there was one thing, come on, whoo. There was one thing that the hackers did not have, and that was a legitimate Chad Bohai identification. Come on. So when we go talking about the demonic or being oppressed or influenced by the enemy or believing lies, listen, first line of business, get an ID. Get a new ID. Get, receive the gospel. Repent and believe. There's a reason. That's always the first call. Repent and believe. you got to come into alignment and agreement with the king so that the king has royal access and authority to drive out all opposing voices and forces in your life. And so it's so funny, I'm working with Facebook, I've been hacked, I can't log in, can't text me, they won't do anything all week. But they're like, send us a a legit ID. And believers, listen, you got to know who you are in Christ in this hour, or you will sell your soul, affection, and allegiance to the highest bidder or the loudest voice. You got to know who you are. It was awesome, so I... I uploaded a picture of my ID. I am the legitimate Chad Bohai. I know who I am, Facebook, and now you will know who I am. Is everyone getting the corollary here so I can just land the plane, literally? Follow Jesus. The best way to stay in the freshness of His grace And the power and purity of his Holy Spirit is to stay up to date, synced up with your identity, who he says you are. Just live in that place. I am who he says I am. I am what he's done for me. I am. This is who I am. I'm his. I'm a follower of Jesus. I belong to him. I'm in his inner circle. I'm his friend that he tells his secrets to. Come on, this is just, I could give you Bible verses. This is who you are in Christ. I've been reconciled to the Father. I was an enemy, now I'm a friend. Come on, I've been restored to sonship. I'm no longer a slave. I have a place in his house, a place at his table with my name on it. This is what it means to believe the truth of what he says. And so I finally sent Facebook all this stuff. And just just this morning, 5.30 in the morning, I'm changing my password. I'm adding two-step verification. And I'm here to tell you the most powerful way to find and to stay in a place of freedom, blessing, and breakthrough in the midst of the raging battle is to know who you are in Christ. Period. Not just as a confession or a concession, but as the, 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 the fiery center of your heart. No, I don't just claim this is who I am. This is how I live. Come on, someone say, that's all the difference. Oh, I, I, I was the, no, this is how I live. I live in light of his truth. I don't just, oh, this is, no, this, this changes everything about my life. Who I am in him. So, it's so difficult, period, just to follow Jesus. It's way more difficult if the enemy has occupied territory in your heart. Through oppression, through accusation. So here we go. Ready? I got this from a beautiful book I just read. 
couple weeks ago. Four steps. I'm sure there's other better steps and greater books. You can email me later. What would it look like if today, online or in person, every little small compromise or sin or bout with complacency, apathy, indifference, what if every open door to the enemy for the follower of Jesus was slammed shut in his face? Come on, what would it sound like? What would, it, what would happen in our lives if today we partnered with the grace of Christ and said, no more. Let the devil know not today. Hillsong's new song, I love that song. Not today. Come on, who wants to slam some doors today? Not today, not any longer. It's hard enough. I want to follow Jesus, fish for people as a spiritual kingdom family. I want to live the gospel lifestyle, but it's time to shut some doors. So here we go. Four simple steps, and they all start with R. It kills me that I didn't think of it. Number one, realize and admit that you have believed a lie. How many think they're ever influenced by lies? Okay, every hand should be raised. It's okay if it's not. So realize it. The only reason I chose that sin or to walk in that flesh or whatever is I believed a lie, that the life I really want is found outside of God instead of further into God. It's realizing I believed a lie. Number two, it's renouncing the lie, dismissing it, and shutting the door to it. So for example, I believed that if I chose to walk in holiness and I said no to sexual immorality, that my life would be less than satisfying. I renounce that lie and believe the truth that holiness is the best, most vibrant, abundant kind of life that Jesus Christ has made available. Does that make sense? That's to realize and then renounce. And I already did all the steps on accident there, sorry. Then you replace the lie with the truth by speaking the truth over yourself and allowing it to wash and renew your mind. I just did that. I replaced the lie with the truth. And then here's the real key. Then you remain aligned with that truth all throughout the day. Say it with me. Realize, renounce, replace, and remain. The greatest revival in all of Acts, most everyone would agree, is in Acts chapter 19. The Apostle Paul goes and he preaches He's rejected by his contemporaries. He sets up shop in a different venue. He talks about the kingdom of God for two years. And over all of the region of Asia Minor, the gospel of the kingdom goes forth. People are filled with the Holy Spirit. People hear the gospel message. His, shadow, his handkerchief where he blow his snot at, or wiped his sweat after a long day of tent making, when it touched people, it healed people. It is an unprecedented day in Asia Minor from the hotbed of the kingdom of God breaking in in this place called Ephesus. First of all, who thinks it'd be pretty cool to live in that kind of environment? Okay, I just tricked you because here's what happened. Because of the sheer power and grace that's being released all around this ministry center, some people are going out claiming the power of Jesus' name without actually knowing Jesus. So some Jewish people are going out trying to invoke the name they claim affiliation, but they've not given allegiance to. Oh, that'll preach. Different sermon. So they're going around trying to drive out demons in the name of Jesus that Paul preaches. <laughs> Come on, somebody. 
You're not meant to be a he hearsay Christian. You're meant to be a he says Christian. Oh, that's a good one. I used it like six months ago. You're not a hearsay believer What the latest podcast or your favorite YouTube preacher. You are to live a he says lifestyle. I know him. I know his word. I know his voice. I'm a follower of Jesus, man. And so these guys are going out trying to drive out demons and to overcome the enemy. And so they say, in the name of Jesus that Paul preaches. But the seven sons of Sceva are taken over by one demonized man, so beaten badly, they leave bloody with their tails tucked between their legs. They're like, what happened? Seven against one, and we're the ones leaving defeated. And the, de- the, the evil spirit answered, Jesus I know, Paul I know about, but who are you? Friends, it is a day to get out of the who are you category. Come on. It is a day to decide and then to live a lifestyle of staying up to date, following Jesus, fishing for people as a kingdom family. Friends, you can know him today. And you can shut the door to the access to the enemy. And I love this. When this became known, the name of Jesus became held in the highest honor. And here's what verse 18. Many of those who believed now came and they openly confessed what they'd done. A number of them who practiced sorcery brought their scrolls and they burned them publicly. When they calculated the value, it came to 50,000 drachmas, a lot, a lot of money. And in this way, the word of the Lord spread widely and grew in power. And so here's what I want you to do. Whether it's an unconfessed sin, a lie, a habit, a thought pattern. Man, if you just say today, Chatty, the... I realize it, I want to renounce it, I want to replace it so I can remain in the kingdom reality as a follower of Jesus Christ. Can you just stand to your feet? If you just say, Chad, it resonates with my heart, I want to shut the door to the enemy today. And there is no shame on standing for goodness gracious sakes. I want to shut the door to the enemy today. I want to open it to Jesus Christ and his kingdom and his cleansing And what I want you to do right now, if you've realized something you're believing that's rooted in a lie, I want you to just say, Holy Spirit, search me. How have I been under the influence of this lie? The Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of truth, and it will always point you back to Jesus. And then when you have clarity on that lie or some area that's open to the enemy, right now, by the grace of God, just renounce it and say, I'm no longer going to believe that lie. I'm no longer going to believe that that habit or that sin or that shadow in my life will ever be able to deliver what it promises. Satisfaction or hope or pleasure. So we realize it and we renounce it. And then right now, replace it with the truth. Just say, Holy Spirit, what is the truth that you want to replace that lie with inside of me right here or in my mind? I, I, he will tell you he is the spirit of truth, the spirit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and faith control, self-control. Realize, renounce, replace. Say, Father, replace it with truth. And I'm here to tell you today, man, you can confess. If there's 
It's one thing to be influenced by a lie. It's another thing to be influenced by unconfessed sin. Just give it to Jesus. Say, I repent. Would you cleanse me? Would you wash me? I want to follow you today. I want victory in that area inside of me. He'll forgive you, man. He has power to heal, set free, save, deliver, forgive. This is who he is. And that last one is I'm just just resolve, I'm going to remain in this truth. Whenever this lie, whenever this temptation rears its ugly head, I'm going to remind myself and that lie of the truth of the gospel, the truth of King Jesus. And then just say this with me. Just say, Jesus, I shut the door to the enemy, to the lie, to that sin, to the lusts of the flesh, and I open the door to you as my king, as my Lord, as my shepherd, who leads me every step as I follow him by his grace, through his spirit, because he loves me, because he loves us. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Let's just give him glory today.